0: show us the transcripts guys yeah we have I, no idea what public comments that, from chris hammond you're talking about i recorded all the episodes with him during football season and i i don't remember any egregious
1: That's- i'm also just gonna stay off the record uh absolutely go broncos That's- don't edit that out
2: buy that man and tequila next time you see him tequila is his drink of choice
3: Welcome back, Tribe from the North, brave and bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and we have a full house today. Almost the whole Tubs of the Club team is on it. First off, most of the time, like normal, I have Brian Marceau with me. Always good to be here, Chris. We have the best of all time, Alex the boat Boatman. Great to be back after a long absence. And the godfather himself, all the way from Taipei, celebrating the Chinese New Year. We have Sean Kramer. (laughs) I'm doing great. (laughs) I was going to look up how to say in Chinese, like, hey, how are you? But did not get around to it. Today's episode, we're going to cover a lot of things for you guys. We're going to start covering Boise State. Ironically, of all teams, I know we all hate to talk Boise State, but secretly we love it. Uh, We're going to cover the potential of what happens to their Olympic sports if they were to take this uh, American Athletic Conference rumor seriously and uh, continue to sue the Mountain West Conference for unpaid money. Uh, We're going to also cover, of course, your men's and women's Vandal Hoops teams in our last couple of games, and then there's just some generic news in regards to the FCS level that we'll cover at the end of the podcast. This episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is, when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates eight percent of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like the C.W. Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's frickin' awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the Latin American logger for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. For those of you that aren't aware, the Mountain West Conference has, somewhere along the line, created a new TV deal in which the old TV deal allowed Boise State to make a little bit extra money for their home games because they would be putting on ESPN and ESPN2 and more high-profile night games than your generic Mountain West CBS Sports in the middle of a Saturday Type games, And because of this, the late kickoffs and everything, Boise State was rewarded for having their brand recognition used to promote the conference. In what claims to be by a report from Caves and Prater, about $1.8 million a year, uh, Boise State has since filed a lawsuit against the Mountain West Conference. Pretty much openly threatened to say the American Athletic Conference wanted us once. Maybe they want us again. UConn, which we'll cover actually later in this podcast, ironically for a whole different reason sort of uh, is leaving the AAC was kicked out actually kind of like us in the Sun belt. They've decided to go the FBS independent route, uh, which leaves a 12th spot in the American athletic conference, which many believe would be the perfect fit for the Broncos. Now that being said, that leaves a couple options for the Boise state Olympic sports. One of which being go to the American athletic conference. Now, does that seem as feasible that the women's volleyball team is going to be going to Orlando, Florida uh, and, and such teams as the Tampa Bay, I believe is where USF is. And a lot of these American athletic schools are your closest games would be like SMU and Houston, which are still a three, four hour flight from Boise. So that's an option. It's probably the most unlikely one. Maybe they're able to sway the mountain West that they just want to get rid of their football team uh, and the mountain West would keep all theirs. Otherwise, they have the option of uh, multiple leagues out west, but pretty much Boise State is looking to go where the highest bidder is for their football team, and that will most likely lead to their other teams having to find a new home. Now, one of those homes is obviously the home of your Idaho Vandals, the Big Sky Conference. So, before we get into it here at Tubbs at the Club uh, with the team, I have a interview with a long-standing Bronco friend of mine, been a fan of the program forever. Uh, he's been, uh, he's requested to be introduced as my favorite donkey and the world's favorite donkey. Uh, so, before we all get into talking about Boise State, I figured we should see what a Boise State fan thinks about where their Olympic sports should go. So, uh... After, uh, enjoy my interview with Derek Morales. I've got Derek Morales uh, on the line, uh, taking some time out of his day to kind of give us a Bronco perspective. You're going to hear the the Tubs of the Club crew. We're going to kind of discuss whether the Big Sky uh, should look at it. And I figured before we dive into that, we should find out, you know, what the Broncos even think about – the The idea of adding Olympic, putting their Olympic sports in the Big Sky, if they were to pursue the Independent or American Athletic Conference for football. So, Derek, I, I, because I'm kind of curious how you you view the whole situation of as far as Olympic sports, because football. I mean, most of us have on here have said, you know, that's long gone, especially for the Vandal perspective. But as a as state of Idaho thing, obviously the Broncos going to the Big Sky. Would be good for the state because now you have Idaho, Idaho State, and Boise State all on the schedule. But for the Broncos, what's kind of your guys's you know, yours and maybe the general fan bases from how you've read it's um kind of opinion on where they would like to put their Olympic sports and where the most likely scenarios are.
1: Yeah, and, and first off, I mean it was a ton of fun when we were doing the Century Link games. Uh, back with the Barone and Ledbetter. there's some good times there. So yeah. it would be fun to link up with Idaho and the Big Sky for a little bit. However, I'm thinking th- there's two parts here. There's the part of where we would like to be and then the part of what's actually realistic. So I've seen two, I've seen two things of where we'd like to be. I'll start there. First off, traveling the AAC might not actually be that much worse than in the Midwest. So for example, the mountain division schools are all at least an hour and a half from the airport mm. in the case of where or spring, some of them are even two to three hours. Uh, so it actually might be easier to fly straight into Houston, straight into Dallas, straight into Tulsa, New Orleans, uh, Memphis. Of course, there's some long roadies there, Orlando, but you wouldn't be playing them all every year on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be nice the would take us as a full member. Uh, probably not likely. Maybe it doesn't work out financially. Then there's, yeah, like the second option. That would be the West Coast Conference. Great. We'd love to be on tag uh, BYU St. Mary's. However, we're not a private university. Yeah. And I've heard that further, there are a lot of issues. You yeah, added a public university. Now all, all the deals, their TV deals can be public. People can see how much money they're making. Could be a big issue, but that would be kind of the holy grail uh, of Olympic sports for us. John is in a of revenue, both as far as NCAA units. which is what you earn in NCAA games, uh, tournament games, as well as TV revenue. So those would be the two best options. Mm-hmm. Understandably, though, probably not super realistic, right? Yeah. So I think from you look at the Big West, yeah, you do look at the Big Sky uh, we're launching our baseball program here in just about 20 days. Big Sky doesn't sponsor baseball anymore. No. Uh, so Yeah, so that makes that an issue. You don't want to split, you know, boards across multiple different conferences. So Big West does sponsor baseball, mm-hmm. makes it a little bit easier on the side. My question would be, and perhaps you know more about this, which conference is going to be the most sustainable? You don't want to blow up your conference affiliation as chasing dollars in AAC football and then uh, lose money, a lot of money, basketball.
3: Yeah. So um, we've been looking into that based on, you know, so far the high – It's you can't find the exact numbers based on basketball. Um, but kind of what we looked at, just the mid-major conferences out west – if you're basing it, basing it off of performance, you're assuming the higher-performing conferences are going to have better deals, uh, performing better money. Uh, obviously, the West Coast Conference and the Mountain West Conference uh, are the only two you know, mid-major conferences that have had an at-large bid in the last decade. So that obviously helps. Um, coming right now on Ken Baum and RPI, uh, the West Coast Conference would be the ninth, Mountain West would be the 10th. Uh, Big Sky is the next at 16th. Before you get into the Summit at 20th, the Big West at 21st, and the whack at 26th, and that's out of 32 conferences. Um, but that being said, I know, for instance, the Big Sky, we have a totally free service through Pluto TV. So I'm not sure what the revenue generated from that and how the payout would look, where I know the Summit League has a deal with ESPN. So even though yeah. we're performing higher, I do think some of that, like, it gets lost because, uh, like you said— it, it the, Revenue is going to be a big factor in this, uh, and I know that's one concern that we're going to touch on later with uh, when I have Sean and everybody on and Brian is when you look at the big sky and the budgets alone, is it worth putting a Boise State uh, financially in the big sky in terms of The money that you make, the fact that right now this is all a dispute over $1.8 million a year that's causing this whole look for Boise State's football to maybe seek greener pastures. Um, The operating budgets of the Big Sky programs, for instance, Montana operates their entire athletic budget on $19.6 million. So you're looking to add a school that financially is way leaps and bounds above anybody else In the conference where if you do look like you said at a WCC problem is they're all private they have the money um, the Mountain West obviously where then if you do look at like you mentioned the Big West they have a lot more financially secure schools I mean not really Hawaii but with schools like UC Davis and all the UC uh, school system schools Santa Barbara etc Irvine uh, they have the ability to have those larger athletic budgets which I think a problem that Boise State is going to experience as they, if they do end up having to pursue this is trying to find a school that's willing to settle on the fact that you know not only is the football program leading for greener pastures but some of that money is going to get funneled into Olympic sports mm-hmm. and they're yep. already operating at such a different level financially than anybody else in the Big Sky or you know the Summit Big West Shh. whack but
1: yeah, and I mean, there's like, there's a couple pieces here. So early on, you mentioned, you know, Ken Palm has the Big Sky uh, leaps and bounds ahead of the Big West. Where the revenue will come in, though, is who's won the most tournament games in the past seven years. Yeah,
3: and the Big um, West is uh, – the Big Sky is still chasing their first uh, NCAA tournament win, I believe, since 2008. So you're looking at 11 mm-hmm. years so, yeah,
1: so all of those units would have expired. Uh, has the Big West won a couple games in the past eleven years or in the past seven? I don't, I don't I know. I'd have to have. look for that. But as you mentioned, uh, I mean, if those schools have larger budgets, and the money's coming from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so likely can pay more. And then lastly, if Hawaii, when they were in this scenario, went to the West, then there's got to be something there. So what yeah. I would say is, would we love to be in the West Coast Conference? Absolutely sounds like the Big West is a little bit more likely, more reasonable. Mm -hmm. My biggest worry as a Boise State fan is, are you going to continue to invest in Boise State basketball? They've had some good years. Uh, A number one draft pick in the NBA and Chandler Hutchinson. Two NCAA tournament runs and one Mountain West championship. If you just go to the Big West and you're not going to invest in the program, does Leon Rice leave? How does that affect recruiting? You're going to try and carve out something like Gonzaga where you truly invest in the program. And actually perform well, yeah. Because you can't just assume as Idaho saw. You can't just assume that if you go down a division, you need to exactly.
3: play at the same level. Exactly, that's a great comparison, actually. Um, but yeah, so uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know kind of last minute got you on here, but figured if we're going to talk about it, we might as well get a Boise State perspective. Um, Absolutely, so
1: like- Chris. always a pleasure to talk to you as your as your favorite donkey.
3: Yeah, yeah, my favorite, my favorite donkey, and the world's favorite donkey, um, <laughs> Derek Morales. Thanks for joining us. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully, uh, if we guys join the Big Sky, we can have you on for a couple basketball games.
1: Absolutely, go Broncos! <laughs> Don't edit that out.
3: I <laughs> won't well, see you, Derek.
1: Talk to you. Later. Bye.
3: We'll we'll cover Boise State in general, and then we'll co- kind of constrain on the what if. Uh, We're going to be working through what ifs here of if Boise State did join the Big Sky, would it be good or bad? But first, let's kind of just roll through as fast as possible. I mean, what do you guys think best conference for them to join would be? (laughs) Let's start with Sean, since we haven't heard from you in the longest.
2: (laughs) All right. Um, Well, I think the one that Boise State will want is the West Coast Conference, but Uh that they will laugh Boise State out of the building. I mean, because they all have a... Uh, that's a conference makeup. That is a private religious school. Um, obviously wealth uh, plays a factor in their conference makeup as well. And Boise State just hits none of those notes. Yeah. Um, Seattle University has been trying to get into that conference for a long time. And that's a private Jesuit school on Capitol Hill. If they're not going to get in, Boise State's not going to get in. Yeah. Um, I, uh I've had some Twitter conversations that have enlightened me to, to the big west for them. And, and and the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. Um if they're willing to pay travel subsidies to the California schools, which will be much cheaper than the ones that Hawaii is paying. Yes. Um, I, I think it seems pretty realistic. Um, you know, they've had good basketball years. Um if Boise State can continue to invest in basketball, um, they could be really good in that conference. Um, I think I'm not sure if the Big West will want them, but I'm sure they can have enough conversations to make it work. In terms of the Big Sky, I think it's a no-brainer for the Big Sky um, that they should want Boise State. It's a perfect geographic fit, uh, brand recognition, uh, and improves the competitiveness of the league. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know why the Big Sky wouldn't want them. The, the budget constraints, I guess, they would have a budget advantage, but them leaving the Mountain West in Olympic sports means less revenue coming in from Olympic sports. So um, that will address the budgetary competitive balance a little bit.
3: Yeah. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts and opinions on w- which conference makes the most sense for Boise State to join for Olympic sports-wise?
4: I'm not going to say the big sky because I don't think it's the big sky because if I'm thinking if I'm Boise State, the big side does not make sense. There's not a lot of like institutions in terms of how much you actually spend. Um, if I'm the big sky, I'm actually kind of afraid of Boise state because of all the resources they have comparatively to other schools. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you know, the WCC, it doesn't make sense, but when they added BYU, it didn't make sense either. Large private institution, basically a public school, as much money as, as much as they have money as they have, and as large a student body as they have. Um, within their footprint if they join the wcc that's not completely out of the footprint i can see boise paying travel subsidies for that and honestly boise's olympic sports stay pretty competitive to where from the wcc it gives them maybe an opportunity to get another uh even the tournament
0: to me it depends i'm only going to talk about the sports lens because that's the lens i understand the best um it depends what kind of prestige boise state is looking for um his, right now, the Big Sky basketball-wise, I'm talking men's basketball, is outperforming uh, every available conference for Boise State to transfer into other than the West Coast Conference this season based off of RPI rankings. Um, I do What I think is for the state of Idaho, it would be ideal if Boise State joined the Big Sky because it is... a it is atrocious that the Boise state Idaho rivalry that can and should exist in all other sports besides football doesn't exist the way it does. And I do believe that adding the Boise media market to the big sky would be a huge get for that conference. Uh, There's some variables about things like, you know, sports like baseball, which is the big sky. I don't believe sponsors baseball, or at least all the teams don't, all schools don't take part in it. Um, But if Boise State can't get in the West Coast Conference, I think the best one for them would be the big Sky, partially because it would be great for the state of Idaho economically to get that
3: rivalry back on its feet. Yeah, and you know, we kind of covered a little bit. I know you guys weren't on the conversation that uh, the everybody else on the podcast heard before we got into this with uh, Derek Morales as he wanted to be introduced, the world's favorite donkey. Uh, embracing the rivalry. He brought up exactly what you mentioned, Brian. You know, this is hardcore Bronco, and he brought up how fun it was when you were at those CenturyLink games and you had Kyle Barone and Jeff Ledbetter. You know, those the games were amazing, and that's something that obviously attracts to the Big Sky. Now, when I'm going through this, I'm uh, we posted that poll on uh, the Big Sky Podcast Network's Facebook group and the Twitter account, and... It it went about 50-50. On Twitter, I believe it was like 51% said yes, 49% said no. On Facebook, it was, I believe, uh, only because it's mostly contributors, uh, so we have less people voting. Uh, We had seven people vote yes, uh, six people vote no, and three people say I'm torn. I was one of the torn people, uh, which we'll kind of cover here in a second, but I, I, I... to kind of cover, you all hit major points here. The the main one being, I think there's this misconception. And right now the Big sky's having a very upswing in basketball compared to years prior. But if you're looking at the mid-major conferences right now, according to the RPI ranking, just looking at the schools, the West Coast Conference is ranked ninth. Um, currently they're at 10 members. They're all private religious institutions. So I think you have to take that one off the board right there. Uh, they're already higher than the Mountain West. Uh, I'm not sure they're looking to add people, and if they are, like Sean touched on, it's going to be more like a Seattle U, uh, a team who just made the tournament in the last three years, so something that Boise State hasn't done. So it fits their, their footprint, their ideals more, and it's a team that's proven to be competitive. Uh, but, yeah, Boise State, I just think the West Coast Conference – isn't even worth discussing. It's not going to happen. Then you have the Mountain West Conference if they let them stay, which I don't think they would other than the fact that, you know, you get a little bit more of the even numbers there. Uh, But it's not like people think about with football because, as we'll cover, Hawaii's not in it. Uh, They're ranked 10th, so they are just right behind the WCC. Now you're looking at your two mid-majors that have had at-large bids in the last decade, which makes it more impressive uh, that you're in those. Then you drop down, and the Big Sky is only six spots behind the Mountain West Conference. This year, they're actually in 16th in the RPI. Uh, we currently have 11 basketball-playing schools. So you add Boise State, that gets you to 12. And then that means now that you have Boise State playing Idaho and Idaho State, which Brian touched on, would be great for the state of Idaho. As uh, Derek Morales hit on, is something that even Broncos have admitted was good. They're struggling with attendance just like everybody else in the country. Uh, Idaho and Idaho State, is some, there are two games that you can put on that you know people are going to show up to. Um, so that the big sky makes a lot of sense there. Now you look at the the summit league, uh, you're looking at the 20th. So a drop off from the big sky. You're officially back in the twenties. Um, you're looking at your closest schools being Denver and Omaha. Otherwise you're traveling to Macomb, Illinois, which many of the big sky podcast network people have covered from the Montana schools is impossible to get to. You have to fly into like Wisconsin or something. And it's ridiculous. Um, And then Tulsa, Oklahoma, Uh, and then you have to go to all four Dakotas. So it's not exactly an easy conference for them to go to, and they're at 20th. Now you assume you take Boise State out of the Mountain West, you put them in one of these, they improve. Um, So you know this is all assuming Boise State stays where they are, but an idea of the landscape without them moving. Then you get to the Big West, the one that seems to be the best fit for them. Um, because, like they said, uh, or Derek covered, is they're launching baseball, and they're going pretty all-in on baseball. They don't really want to separate it like they had wrestling in the Pac-12. So this one makes sense. The Big West has baseball. The Big Sky doesn't. If Boise State joins the Big Sky, the three sports that they would have to find new homes for are swimming and diving, which is fine. Us and NAU have our swimming and diving in the WAC. So it's not, you know, Big Sky schools already have their stuff taken care of for swimming and diving. They have beach volleyball, which is something we do not have. Um, and uh, the other thing, it would be the baseball team. Those are the sports that uh, they would have to find new homes for. Then finally you have old sweet glory herself coming in 26 of 32 for D1 basketball, the Western Athletic Conference, which is a shell of its former self other than New Mexico State. You're not seeing anybody you know. Your travel is going to consist of places like Illinois, Texas, California. Uh, so it's, it's just not an attract, attractable option. Now, you put Boise State in there, they probably are slightly higher than the Big West. But you run into a lot of the same problems we just covered, uh, which means I think – which we'll cover – I kind of think the Big Sky is the most logical add for them. Plus, they have the history. But the Big West is what they should look to do as a program. Uh, and Boise State, in my opinion, has never shown that they're going to you know, do something for the fun or for their fans. Hence the Friday night 9 o'clock kickoffs. Which makes me think that if this were to happen, they'd be going to the Big West. You make this move to the AAC. Are you joining the Big Sky Conference?
4: No, because Boise State's too prideful to do that. They, uh, they have this weird concept... Perception of themselves as being above above that, um, even if it meant joining a conference like the WAC, because they would sell their fans that New Mexico State is this team that almost you know goes the term every year, does really well. Grand Canyon has great support; they they can sell that. Um, I think Boise would to go to the Summit League for some odd reason. I I just don't see Boise wanting to come back to the Big Sky. They have tried to paint themselves as above Idaho and Idaho State for 30 years. And this puts everything back on par except football.
3: Yeah. And I I think that's one thing I agree with you. I think even if Idaho State was still in it, I think if Idaho was not in the big sky, it would change this a little bit. Yeah. But I think you're right. A lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah. I think it's a lot like how I – on some Twitter or Facebook message brought up that them coming to the Big Sky would take a lot of Idaho fans to bite their pride and admit that, yeah, they have moved past us in a lot of ways, but this is almost an olive branch of sort of being like, all right, we've moved past you in football, but we acknowledge that basketball, it is great for us to play home and home. And yeah. this, this would be Idaho fans but have no, to be like. But
2: Boise State doesn't want to. They don't want to come to Moscow in any sport. And they've said that they more or less publicly. I mean, it, it is. And their fans believe it, too. It's like their fans have Stockholm syndrome about it. Like they're <laughs> buying into it, too. They like, oh, why should we come to Moscow? Because that's how college athletics work, you idiots. God. And, and none of them want it. And it's so. It's so annoying. that they, they, They've forgotten the essence of college athletics. Yeah, they, I mean, they really have.
3: Well, somebody brought it up. Boise State, is, especially the football program, it's not a football program. It's a business. They are no longer viewing themselves as a college athletics program. They it's are, not even a university. Yeah, it's they, not a university. No, it's a business. Th- yeah, it is a semi-pro football team. That also hosts a couple other like athletics. It's like how in world basketball, like and Barcelona classes, and everybody and have basketball three. teams, but they're a soccer franchise. But, I I, I don't know, Brian. What's your, you know, your big sky thoughts on this? Would it, good for the conference, good for Boise, good for Idaho.
0: Oh yeah, good for. I think it'd be good across the board my reasons are selfish. I already referenced the rivalry, but that does matter in this state. And the quicker we can get that back on its feet, the better we have seen how the old Idaho and Montana used to be one of the great rivalries of the West it used to be a more intense rivalry than Montana, Montana state. We have seen that though there's more energy for the Montana, Idaho football game than there is for other games. it. It is still a process to get the newer fan base on board with that the way the older fan base is. I do not want to ever – I don't want to have to deal as much of that with, with Boise State as a rival. I, w- I just want that to get started. It matters for the state. For the conference, if you are – I'm going to step on a future episode here. If you want Idaho to either have a better FCS conference or, a, or are hoping – We have movement eventually for an FBS conference. You need to be on board with the Big Sky inviting teams into the conference. We know that Dixie State is likely going to be joining the Big Sky as a football and possibly Olympic sport member. That is how this that's how we're going to get another FCS football conference in the West or get some schools to create a like North American football FBS conference in the future. By having the big sky be a landing space for a couple other schools, Boise State would be a huge get for us in moving the conference forward in terms of prestige, money, and success.
3: Okay. So I I'm gonna touch on the prestige thing just a little bit. Because and, athletics and, is what I meant prestige yeah, wise. Um because I we've all talked about it. I mean, it's our big argument, <laughs> which uh shout out to April seventeenth in Moscow for the FBS FCS. Uh, debate, grievancing, airing, whatever we're gonna call it. We don't have a name for it yet. We one of the big arguments, and that will obviously be the front porch argument, which is well documented. That football, over every other sport, is your school's front porch. Now there's a couple teams, like Kansas, Kentucky, Gonzaga is a really good example, Wichita State, where basketball is their front door. Two of those don't offer football, which really helps. But if you have a football program, it's probably gonna be your front porch. Boise Kansas
2: does not have a football program.
3: Yeah, Boise State, I think deceivingly so, people think, has this amazing basketball program. And I'm wondering, Brian might have these numbers. If they were currently in the big sky, Boise State would, to their credit, rank fourth in all-time tournament appearances. Just ahead of us, we would be fifth, which is something people forget about. Brian, I'm curious, do you know the three big sky schools with the most NCAA tournament appearances? No
0: question, Montana.
3: They're number no 2. Que- Weber State.
0: Weber Yeah, I was going to say yeah. Weber State would be would be in there as well. And you're, are you are saying active big sky schools is in there yes, in the conference correct. this or, year or all time? Yeah, no, we, Weber curr- State. They're
3: currently still in there. Not they didn't necessarily qualify as a big sky member. I mean, mo- actually all of these would have, but um this third one is definitely a surprise, but...
0: Uh, Southern Utah.
3: So, Weber State has had 16 all-time appearances. Montana has had 12. Idaho State has had 11. They also have a national championship in football. Yeah. Here's <laughs> here's a real big shocker that I was not expecting. Guess how many times Idaho State has made the sweet 16s? They've oh, no, made it at least more twice. times than us. No. They've made it at least twice because I play
0: basketball with a guy who's on one of their Sweet 16 teams. They have made the Sweet 16 five
3: times. That's more than Washington State. <laughs> they have made the Elite Eight once in 1977. Idaho I don't State. That's more than I, Washington State. I don't know how Idaho State has, does not boast about this more. When I was researching it, I literally had to go check the links to make sure that this was, like, not a punk. They're all viable from, like, the Big Sky and Idaho State's, like, archived libraries and everything. Eleven all-time appearances. They've had five Sweet Sixteens and one Elite Eight. It was in 1977. And to be fair, they've had, like, zero success since about the mid-'80s. But I guess neither is Idaho. Idaho does have the one Sweet Sixteen. Otherwise, the only other Big Sky schools to have Sweet Sixteens, this is including Boise State if they were in it, 1951 Montana State. So. Pretty much was does not count. Six,
4: was there sixteen teams in the tournament in nineteen fifty one?
3: There might be. That might be how they got it. Uh, um, I'm check that real fast. Yeah. But uh, you no, know,
2: there was thirty two in a tournament the year that Idaho got the sweet sixteen. Right? It yeah. was
3: us uh, forty eight. Yeah, forty eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, we beat number two oh, Iowa, but uh, Weber State has mm-hmm. two sweet sixteens. Montana has one sweet sixteen. Boise state does not have a single sweet 16 appearance. Now, if you're looking at teams that have most recently and Idaho, obviously to will go back to all time appearances, just to cover that real quick. Idaho that has four
4: 51 tournament had 16 teams. 16. So, they, so they just made the tournament and they
3: <laughs> stuffed their stat book. Typical Bobcats. First, one with, the
4: six, first <laughs> one with the 16 team field, by the way. So it was, it was added teams.
3: <laughs> Montana <laughs> state. Jeez. Um, but all-time appearances, Idaho has four, so we're three behind Boise State, fifth in the conference. Montana State has three. Uh, Eastern Washington, Northern Arizona, and Portland State have all had two. Southern Utah and Northern Colorado have one. Sac State has never been. Um, last time in the NCAA, obviously Montana's been on a bit of a roll, 2019. Weaver State was 2016. Eastern Washington was 2015. Boise State was 2015. Northern Colorado was 2011. So that's your, your teams that would have made an NCAA tournament this decade. Um, then you go Portland State, two thousand nine, Southern Utah, two thousand one, Northern Arizona, two thousand, Montana State, nineteen ninety six, Idaho, nineteen ninety, Idaho State, nineteen eighty seven, Sac State, once again, never. Um, so when you put that in, you're you're taking this team that should add prestige, and they are consistently, technically fourth place in most of our categories. And right, now, that could be said. The wh- whack wasn't what we should
2: what we should kind of focus on is is they made the Boise State made the tournament as an at large in 2015. I mean yeah. that's something no Big Sky school has done in a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
3: yeah, and you know, I'm not going to argue that that the fact that the Mountain West is a better basketball conference and to be fair, the WAC when we were in it was a better basketball conference than the Big Sky is now in my opinion. With the fact it was that a better
2: you, conference than the Mountain West uh, yeah. at one point. With
3: Nevada, New Mexico State, Utah State, but like, before the Mountain West
0: Exodus, when we were in the WAC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Afterwards, yeah, yeah, yeah. the WAC was not a superior yeah, conference. Yeah, no, so it's we about on top. when
3: the know, people, 2008 with Utah State. pretty much 2008 to 2010, when the WAC was at its peak for basketball, probably. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I just I look at those numbers and I go, Boise State is a grab because of name-brand football. I'm not sure how much basketball. Leon Rice is a good coach. Do they keep him if they're not in the Mountain West? Does he pursue somewhere else? Um, Now, the one thing I think the Big Sky needs to be worried about, for instance, uh, Montana, the school that just made the NCAA tournament for the Big Sky last year and arguably not even really arguably, the biggest brand in the big sky, arguably the biggest brand in our mid-major level of football. Um, they operate on a athletic budget, according to the Missoulin, in an article written in 2018, of $19.6 million. To put that in perspective, Boise State is suing over an additional $1.8 million and operates at about a $54 million budget, according to the Statesman. So you're looking at a school that's operating about $30 million more than what many would argue to be the crown jewel of the Big Sky Conference. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is the scary part that people would have to think about, about a Boise State joining the Big Sky, is that they would be operating on such a different playing field than everybody because of the finances available to them, and that's only going to grow in the terms that they would be leaving the Mountain West for a greener pasture in football. TV money—that's the whole thing that started this. Obviously, 1.8 million dollars in TV money. So you look at a school for people that listen to us. Um, you know, the schools that do. You're putting your athletic budgets at most likely going Montana, Idaho, Montana State, Idaho State Ours Eastern. Ours was 20
2: million not too long ago.
3: Yeah, but if I had to guess, you're looking at Montana, Idaho, Montana State, Idaho State Eastern in terms of. People's fan bases that actually tune in and listen to this to have an idea of where you're, you rank in that. Yeah, like you could add almost all of us up, and we're just barely over Boise State. Now, as we talked about, Boise State is a professional football team, basically. And most of that money would be going 100% back into the football team. But it does have to be said how much of that gets funneled into basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, softball, Um that's another great ad for Boise State is uh, they have a softball program, which is something that the Big Sky does offer and not every school participates in. Uh, I believe us in Montana State and Eastern don't have softball. Uh, and then you look at soccer. There's some schools that don't participate in soccer, and they have a soccer team. So obviously I think Sean was the one that nailed or Brian was that said geographically it's a perfect fit. But, man, there's – I mean, I, I'm not sure if the call comes – and I'm Tom Wister-Shill. I am tom Worcester shill i do not know if I, greedily as an Idaho fan, I really want that back on the schedule. And if I was Idaho and Idaho State, I would be pushing for Boise State to come join in Olympic sports. But if I'm the conference office, I'm worried about what it does to your competitiveness in Olympic sports. Anybody else have comments on that?
0: The last thing I I would I think you sh- we should look at about how it'd be helpful is in terms of national attention. Adding the Boise market, I do think would help. Not only with um, just local, lo- having better local coverage just for us as fans and our experience, mm-hmm. uh, but also a little bit more chance of having some games. Ah, uh, broadcast on things like ESPN. because if you if just as some inside baseball for our listeners, the main media market right now for the big Sky is in Missoula. I do think adding Boise would be a big deal for the rest of the conference for exposure. And again, selfishly long term, for football and for our other sports, it is I think we need to hope we have another Western conference exist and the big sky adding teams is the only route to that at this point.
3: So if Boise State joins, you move the conference championship, right? Cuz you can't have it in Boise. I mean, I guess you could cuz it's not being played at Taco Bell.
2: No, why would you why would you why would you move it? That's It's better.
0: already a default home game for Idaho right now. Yeah. So I that's why I, I wanted at the
3: conference it. if you have Boise State there, uh, you keep it for gate receipts. Make make the money.
4: We're a conference needs money.
3: Yeah, I guess that's true, but uh, yeah, because otherwise, yeah, uh, you can't move it to Spokane. The ones I mean, I guess the Montana schools can go to a Spokane and Idaho, but in Boise State, yeah, it's in Boise facto, it's in such a such de facto a
4: home game for Eastern. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. not
3: necessarily worried de facto, but um, and you're not. Salt Lake has nowhere we could play. Um, well, they do have the hockey arena out in West Valley, but almost in the West that's Valley. True. For- So, yeah, I mean, I guess you would have to keep it. I mean, I guess they haven't even announced that they're going to extend it after this year. So I guess we don't know. They could be moving it regardless. But I do think it's the perfect place to have the Big Sky Basketball Tournament. But I think that's just another wrinkle to consider of Boise State's there. Is it now fair to – it's already people are clamoring that's not fair for Idaho and Idaho State. I believe last year we were the only one that sent our band. Like – Yeah.
4: I just think – I think there's going to be more to this move eventually. Um I was down at the Assembly Convention last week and was talking to San Jose States AD and she's worried they're gonna kick out of the conference. Mountain West She's telling me Yeah, the Mountain West. And then also Air Force wants to leave. Yep. Air Force wants to take their football team and go independent, but their Olympic sports somewhere. I've talked to some people at UTEP and UTEP people want to uh UTEP wants to join the Mountain West. So I think it's not just gonna be a simple one move for Boise State. I think we're gonna see some moving around on the west coast here yeah i mean
3: honestly yeah
2: yeah that i mean that that actually adds to what i was curious about if Boise state joined the WAC, and there's an opening in the mountain west would New mexico state be a fit or would a school like utep move and the thing that we know about conference realignment is once one conference makes a move another conference makes a yep. move to address yeah. it and it's a domino effect
4: which, yeah, we're gonna start seeing some dominoes here, and I, I don't think it's gonna be as simple as a Boise State move to a um, the big sky. I think we're gonna see some moving around. No, and-
3: but that would be that would be the one. I and mean, we've all said it, it. It's going all the realignment. It was going to happen when the TV deals became renegotiated. Mountain West we first are. one up, and you already have a rumor within weeks that Boise State is well, not a rumor. They are suing the conference and a rumor that they are going to either pick their ball and go independent or they're going to go to the AAC something they explored and actually joined for what? 4 days in 2013 before it went back to you know big east back then. It was, the, was, big the, it was the big then. east that time. Yeah. yeah, and then them and San Diego State went. And so now you're looking at it and I was listening to I believe it was podcast ain't played nobody um or the Mountain West Wire which I reached out to them cuz one of the guy wrote the article about it but he didn't get back to us in time for this was uh, the possibility of forming their own conference. Taking the top half of the Mountain West, the San Diego States, the Air Forces, and the Boise States, the teams that want out, and you already have three, now you just need to find five other schools. Now Utah that State is, that probably... That is
2: so ironic. That's how the Mountain West basically killed the, the WAC. That's, that's,
3: that's so how the ironic. West, that's how the Mountain West got it's formed. Literally, too, it's literally, it's like they didn't learn from the, the WAC of don't yeah, let one school, like, be the one who makes your... Decide, be, make your decisions for you, because if they're a pouty little kid, which Boise State's proving to be, they'll pick their ball up and they'll go somewhere else. Like if they don't get and, picked and, and first, you, you bring that leave. up about about the
2: budget and and the Big Sky, and uh, I think the commissioner of the Big Sky will absolutely say uh, yes to Boise State unless the point I'm trying to make is Montana. Montana kind of is the breadwinner no, well of the Big the Sky. Gamekeeper. Yeah. If, If they pout and if they threaten, well, you know, the Missouri Valley Football Conference won't say no to us, Um, you know, and if they threaten that domino, that is the only way
3: in which Boise State is denied from the big sky. And and I think that's a possibility. Yeah, Yeah. luckily, we're lucky that Montana and Montana State are by state legislature required to be in the same (laughs) conference, unlike what Idaho should have done years ago with the three Idaho schools. So they would have to (laughs) convince Montana State to go to the Missouri Valley too. But uh, it brings up another point. So much of this is about revenue, right, and especially TV revenue. I'm not sure on the Pluto TV deal if Idaho does this – or, sorry, if Boise State joins the Big Sky, does the Big Sky have to find a new TV deal specifically regarding basketball? Because obviously Boise State doesn't reflect football. But I'm not sure that basketball – deal we have is something boise state would find advantageous well, well i think ESPN, they would give us an opportunity
2: to, to do something about it
3: yeah
4: Yeah. it's it's i mean it's a complex you know contractual issue
3: and but
4: real quick fellas i gotta run it was great being on for a minute i need to get back on again
3: yeah but, yeah, because, I mean, I actually think Pluto is just right back into it. That's how we do it here on top of the Club. I think no, Pluto
2: is bad. It's bad. And I, I think adding a school like Boise State, brand recognition, we would be able to go to even ESPN3 and, and try to get something done. I mean, that's a huge reason why they should be invited and why I think Montana won't really complain about it. Yeah,
3: But I will say I think Pluto TV is way leaps and bounds better for basketball. I mean, Brian, what do you think? Like, I don't ever well, seem well, to have for issues. Well, us, for
2: us, it's good because it's free and it's easy, but the production value is terrible. Well,
3: that's what I'm saying. Like, the production value of basketball is, like, I, I don't know how it could be so different between two sports. And even some of year. the
2: schools are really bad for football, too. No, well, that's what I'm saying.
3: Football is terrible. I, I've, it, it, I've yet to see, like, other than, well, Montana's always on route, so I can't really judge it on that. But like, Eastern's games aren't bad on Pluto. But like basketball, I've had no problem with any game I've tuned into, home or away. Like, I don't know if gyms. Probably if that makes sense. There's a are better. There's wired, actually a really simple but...
0: explanation for this. I, I can tell you it. Go so still... yeah. okay. Got quiet. Yeah. yeah so it a, some a lot of it has to do with where the feeds come from. So Montana, Montana State. They get local SWX coverage for almost all their games. So they they have a separate entity doing professional coverage. Eastern Washington is the same thing for most of their games. Idaho gets a little bit of SWX. The other thing is a lot of those schools, the feed that we see is their Jumbotron feed, which if you're at games, Jumbotron feeds does not cut out the way the football feed did. So it's actually that it's, a lot of the schools do have better support mechanism for broadcasting basketball. You are not wrong in saying that.
3: I think, I think we've covered Boise state. It's almost 40 minutes in this podcast. Well, f- probably 50 after we add uh, Derek's little bit, anybody have any closing thoughts on Boise state to the big sky for Olympic sports before we cover one of those teams that they would have to get beat by every year. The Vandal men's and women's hoop teams.
0: Chris, I'm curious about your take real quick on my comment about the benefit of the Big Sky adding teams even though it sucks adding teams in short term.
3: I mean, I get it because obviously the big complaint is the Big Sky is already too big. But you brought it up that the end goal with adding teams is that eventually there's another FCS conference that can host like the Sac State's... UC Davis's, Cal Poly's, et cetera. Kind of like the Big West. Almost like the Big West, but in the FCS. Which I, I can't argue with. I just, it's if I want to go through that process. Because like you said, I think Dixie State will actually keep their Olympic sports in the whack. But I think you're 100% right. They're not going to be FCS independent. And once they're officially a D1 member and they've done the transition, the big sky is going to add them. Which almost makes the fact that we have four years of schedules laid out pointless because it's going to be just like North Dakota and it's going to screw everything up like when Idaho came in Um, and then North Dakota bounced and I don't know and and the thing with adding Boise State is it doesn't really help the football problem because they're not going to be involved in football at all all it does is bolster the brand of like hopefully and this is what Tom Wistersell's talked about I mean Brian you and I heard it even at Big Sky Media Days for football one of his big things was saying What the Big Sky needs is a champion and higher RPI rating and everything so that we're not getting 15, 16, 14 seeds. His goal is he wants us to have a 12 or 11 seed because he goes, how many 12 seeds beat a 5 seed every year? That's where you get the monies from winning is if you win one of those games, it pays out to the whole conference. So us going is nice, but everybody gets invited, so the payout is not very great but if you get the win, you get a living, a, a bigger payout. So, as Sean brought up, Boise State has received an at large bid in this decade in the last 5 years. So, having them bolsters the conference. Now you have a Weber, Montana, and Eastern. Hopefully, Idaho can get back up there, but we haven't been to the tournament since 1990, so we don't really benefit in this conversation. But now you have at least four programs you could say have been to the tournament in the last 5 years. And If two of them have a really good season and maybe the two seed wins the conference tournament but the one seed has looked unbeatable all year, we get that 12 seed and maybe that 14 seed. And now you have two teams in there, better chance of advancing, more money to the conference. So I do think in basketball sense it makes sense. But I'm just so afraid of the competitive advantage Boise State would have with just their athletic budget. Um, And I'm not convinced it actually benefits football that much. If that answers your question, since I went in like a huge merry-go-round circle there.
0: Oh no, it does. Um, I, I just so my view just for la- last like button on this part of the conversation. When we heard Tom Listercell say the size of our con- at well, we're at Media Days, heard Thomas Listercell say the size of the Big Skies conference is a strength. I'm pretty sure you rolled your eyes like I did.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: Because right now I don't think that's our strength. But my belief is that long term, if we can get a few more of the institutions moving up to have stability, it will make it easier for the big sky to break break off into two conferences. Yeah. And Boise State will add a level of financial stability to the Olympic sports, which that even though the Olympic sports conference picture is different, I do think that matters to the health of the conference.
3: Yeah. I agree. I mean, obviously, it's a big grab. Anyone can argue that. It would be a huge grab. It it creates other problems is all. But if if the Big Sky was lucky enough to get Boise State, it would be good for the conference. Image-wise, financially, it just might create some competitive advantages. So let's move on. I just just want
2: to be in the room when they call the West Coast Conference and they get laughed out of the building. (laughs) That would just be so funny.
3: The West Coast Conference is going to conference in the Pac-12 and keep them on mute and go like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we finally get to do it to them too. <laughs> but, yeah, let's let's move into the Hoops team. There's not too much to talk about, so then we'll get to the FCS stuff since this is going a little long. Brian, we we pumped them full of hope for last week's podcast. We had lost so many conference games in just – close fashion the fact that you're like this is just it's just bad luck that that was what we were we were clamoring telling everybody that this team but i do remember that the one thing we did bring up was that if you don't start winning some of these games it will eventually wear on the team because if you keep losing by one to three points one shot games eventually you're either going to conquer that and start winning them or your team is going to just crash and finally just have lost the energy it appears that that may be what has happened, as we had two home games against, to be fair. Teams that are a little bit higher up in the conference, as we brought up, Southern Utah has, uh, and Northern Colorado are one of the better, not better, but they're more notable than some of the teams in the conference. Uh, they're both 12, in the picture to
0: win the conference.
3: Yeah, the Northern Colorado 12-6, and six, Southern Utah 12-7, and seven. Um, not pretty. Losing one game by, gosh, what is this, 20 or 18 points, and then the other one by 21 points. So no more than that. Holy 30, 20. It was 28. 28. We got smoked bad at home after we sold this team to everybody, saying, like, at least they're losing to top teams like Eastern by three points on just a terrible play, and Montana by four at their house, and holding Weber State to one point. Who's not having a great year, but it's Weber State, as we covered. Idaho State by two, which we covered apparently is a sneaky, deep, basketball-rich program. Were you able to catch any of these games? I'm going to be honest. They were, I believe, Saturday and Sunday or Saturday and Monday. I did not catch either of them.
0: I'm sorry to say I caught them. <laughs>
3: Can you give the listeners a little, how did we lose so bad?
0: If you listened to me last season, you heard me go on about how I thought offensively we were pretty bad. We, mm-hmm. Execution wise, we were in the wrong offense for our skill set. We, our offense is a limiting factor for this team. We have one guy who's an okay shooter. Trayvon Allen's a good scorer, but he is not a great shooter. He's our best shooter. When Idaho can score around 70, that's when we're competitive. We're 3-14 against D1 teams. We've been competitive in 10 out of those 17 games. In our In 9 of our 10 competitive games, we've scored right around 70. To translate that to fans, we are better defensively than last year, but we're not an elite defensive team. We are a bad offensive team. So if we don't get high-end offensive outputs from our team, we are just going to lose. And this is part of why I both am not that I am not as high on Zach Klaus as some people. I'm not low on him because I think this is, I think this is just another bad team. And I think we, we're going to have to really reevaluate the talent we recruit and who recruits it. But, uh, we don't have the offensive firepower to stay with good teams and the big sky conference is up you know against northern colorado we scored 53 points no team in men's college basketball should ever win a game scoring 53 points we followed that up against southern utah by scoring 45 points you're just not going to win any games whatsoever doing that our team now scores an average of we 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 have are we're scoring 65 points per game on the season but in conference that number lower cuz that includes division 2 NAIA wins that we have played we are giving up around 70 we are now back to where we were last year of having a the worst scoring margin in the league which and if you're last place in the league you probably should at negative 4.6 per game um in both those games, Trayvon Allen was our leading scorer. No one else really scored that much. Um look for this team to do to be to do anything at all, we're gonna have to put the ball in the basket and we saw the floor of what our team is those last two weeks or these last
2: two games.
3: Sean, I'm assuming you have you didn't see any of these games, but I mean do you have any takeaways on in general? On I mean, the yeah, season I mean I'm,
2: this I'm following the program and 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 I'm catching highlights and, and um I haven't been able to watch, but I I know the context around this this team and this program this season really well, and and I, and I think it's 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 frustrating, but it's forgivable um, because I mean this year was always going to just be a transition period. I, I I support Klaus because he's just doing the best that he can do. You know, like uh, um, it, the job is not going to be his. Uh, the job is going to go to somebody else. Um, and, and honestly, that's all that matters, is that the some of these young kids, you know, if they stay, they can develop a, a, and get better. Uh, you want to support Trayvon, because he's been such a damn good vandal for us, and and, and he does things the right way. But it's just going to be a transition year, and, and those games that we've played close, I mean, you got to take your moral victories.
3: It's John Newley and these women who do the complete opposite of what the men just let them coach
2: both let them coach
3: both (laughs) let them coach both the women uh have an 11 point win against northern colorado uh 57 46 and then they beat southern utah both these are both on the road as well 71 56 so advancing the 12 and 5 in the season um putting them at second in the conference. Uh, Montana State's 12-6, and 8-1 and one in conference, so they only have one more conference game than us. It's the only reason they're ahead. Um, and I believe the game in hand. Let's see if I can see that real quick. Do, 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 do. We lost to Portland State, so I'm completely wrong. We have the game in hand by one point. Um, but the girls are just rolling, uh, as they do every year. I mean, there's not much too, too much to say. I don't know if anybody wants to touch on it. They're a team that has to be the opposite of the men's team and don't get caught in the tournament. They should advance.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's just give so much credit to John. Let's think about the fact that we are opening up our basketball-dedicated facility in two more seasons? Yeah. Year and a half? Yeah. John Newley, right now has a fantastic opportunity to take this program to its fourth NCAA tournament in the last you know 2000, 2013. in you know in the last seven eight seasons without a basketball facility. Yeah. Memorial gym and Cowan Spectrum and he's and he and he's finding these these unheralded recruits on the west coast and the Pacific Northwest and just develops them into his system. And and his system has not always been one system. They've all been a variation of things that he likes to do that he fits to the players that he has. It's just so many times when you follow a sports team, you're just banging your head against the wall because you're like, why doesn't the coach do this? And John Newley is just the guy who always just does the right thing. And it's, it's so... I just, I just really want to get it out there to people to not take this man for granted and the things that he's doing. I mean, we have an opportunity. He's already lifted two outright conference championships. He's played in four conference championship tournament games. He's won three conference tournament championship games. And this team right now has as good a chance as any to accomplish both of those things. Get out to the spectrum. Watch these girls they are badasses they win games
3: can i add two things real quick you can add more than two if you prefer
0: i just want to piggyback off one thing sean said about um newly not let's say just having the same system uh now this isn't a comment on the actual offense this is more just on style of play last year idaho was a huge scoring team was one of the top was either the leader in the conference in scoring or number two in conference in scoring. That's not this team's identity. They're the number eight scoring offense in women's big sky basketball right now at sixty two point five points per game. They are the best defensive team in the league this year, which that is yeah, a pretty man. big exactly. stylistic. That's a pretty big stylistic shift. Now, uh, just so people know, we. Do not have the best scoring margin, which I'm not trying to obsess over stats. This is just a reflection of how the season's gone. Montana State's winning games by an average of 12.2 points per game. We're winning games by an average of 4.5 points per game. It means we're good, but I do plan to know at this point, if you're putting money on Montana State or Idaho State, Vegas would put money on Montana State, even though we did beat Montana State earlier. And last, just because... Uh, I, I don't disagree with anything Sean said about giving John Neely credit, but I do want to acknowledge some of the performances of the actual players at um, against Northern Colorado. We won 57, 46 uh, Beyonce B led all scores with 13 points. Uh, Gina Markson, who will likely be an all league player, had one of her worst games, but still picked up six assists. She shot two of 11, but uh, still picked up six assists. So good game. Uh, and then in the win over the seventy-one fifty-six win over Southern Utah, Lizzie Clinker was our leading scorer with fourteen points, near double-double, had nine rebounds. Gina Markson has thirteen points and eight assists that game, another near double-double for her, but with assists. Uh, yeah, this is a team to watch. This uh, this team is in position to at least you know with the Big Sky Conference tournament being in Boise, an effective home game. This team. Is in the discussion at this point and will likely remain in the discussion to be a Big Sky representative. or At least we should expect there'll be a final two in the Big Sky Conference tournament in Boise in March.
2: Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing we lose the Splash Sisters who were not only some of the best players in program history. They they were in the record books of the NCAA like that. Like they're uh, I think Taylor is, or is top or Michaela's like top five all time and three point shots made something insane like that. And, and this year's team, nobody is shooting better than 34% from three. So, I mean, and if I tell you that off the bat, you say, okay, well the wheels are falling off, right? No, no, they're not because Newley is so good at identifying the players he has now. How do I develop these players? What do I do with these players? And he's just so good. Technically. Just getting down to the roots of basketball, and God damn, it is so nice. I love that man. Buy that man a tequila next time you see him. Tequila is his drink of choice.
3: That takes us in to the news of the segment, which there's no better way to start it off. You guys have access to this too. Not you guys. I'm talking Sean and Ryan here. Yeah. Our recruiting experts, Martin Heemstra has provided us uh, an Instagram post because he just is the king of this. We have landed a transfer quarterback. I haven't had time to look him up. I'm sure we'll have stuff on Tubbs of the Club about it, Uh, but I have. B.O., you know something about uh, B.O. Dry 13? Okay, so Mike
2: Beaudry is a quarterback who is transferring to Idaho from UConn. He will be a graduate senior, so one year of eligibility. He played at – I think Division Two, University of West Florida, took them to the national semifinals. Uh transferred to Yukon last season. Uh it looks like he only played in a couple games, fifty-three of eighty-three, five hundred three yards, one tutty, two touchdowns, took nine sacks. That seems like a lot of sacks for eighty three pass attempts. Uh, but as we know, Yukon was a really bad football team. So yeah. What um, was,
0: is that all courtesy of Colton Clark?
3: Uh I'm just looking at
2: his ESPN page but I know Colton put some stuff up on his Twitter. Go yeah, follow okay. Colton Clark everybody. Yeah.
3: Solid hire. I don't think anybody would uh or hire recruit which leads to just some more just quick interesting news. Hero Sports yesterday released their conference ranking so far. It'll be updated all the way through February 10th. For all of you out there, we will be doing a recruiting special February 5th. So Nighttime of National Signing Day. It will probably come out It will come out Thursday morning, maybe Wednesday night. We'll see if it's worth pushing it out early. Probably not. Most of you won't be awake then or want to listen to a podcast anyway, so we'll probably stick to schedule. But it will be after Paul Petrino talks. Um, we're working on getting some people involved, obviously Colton Clark, the normal people, possibly a couple national guys to give us their at least quick glimpse on it. But uh, So check that out. Next week's episode will be recruiting – Um, And we'll have a little bit of Vandal Hoops, too. But uh, it brings up a great point that we are already going to talk about, and I wasn't aware that this is where this quarterback came from. Uh, Many of you may recall a podcast I did about this time last year about the concern that somebody on All Vandals brought up about all the players that left the program last year. Well, I pointed out that the players that left, some of them are redshirt juniors, which, in real life terms, is a senior. Now, if you're not playing you're probably not going to stick down around one more year as a walk-on to be a tackling dummy. You're just going to graduate, and that's what a lot of it was. We did have some people transfer, like Harrison Ashby, who's been very vocal about some of the stuff that went on. As we covered earlier in this podcast, the University of UConn has been booted from the American Athletic Conference, which the NCAA, much like when we were kicked out of the Sun Belt and announced we were going to the SCS, granted all their players pretty much free transfer, and they have had 24 players already announced, according to 247sports.com, which is one of the top recruiting sites in the country, 24 UConn players have entered the transfer portal. This is not like, I believe, last year we had 27 players leave the program, and we turned out that only about eight of them actually left left. The rest all just graduated or didn't want to play anymore because they were walk-ons or wanted to do college. They never ended up playing anywhere else. This is actually 24 people who have said we do not want to play here anymore? <laughs> we are leaving, and how this impacts the FCS is there's a good chance some of those UConn players are going to get swept up by powerhouse FCS programs. Teams you should be looking at to sweep them up. Obviously, James Madison is in need of a quarterback. We got him. Sorry, JMU, but um, you know a bunch of other players. Albany, uh, they have Jeff Underc Undercuffler, who won freshman of the year. Uh, Well, not freshman year, but other than Trey Lance, probably would have won it. A stud quarterback out of the CAA. Look for Albany to add some talent. Albany, New York, not far from UConn. So imagine the CAA to get a lot of these guys. And then as Idaho has proven, don't put anything past Paul Petrino. He is definitely a national recruiter. Um, In a conversation I had with Brian McLaughlin at the FCS National Championship game, he brought up how he thinks that that is actually surprisingly a bit of a strength for Idaho where we view it as a weakness with the not having the local guys, uh, he brought up how most programs don't have that national reach, which is something Idaho can almost use to their advantage, being like, yeah, we can get the really good kids from Florida because we have eight other kids from Florida on our team. We can get kids from the Southwest, from Texas, from you know Illinois, like uh, Jordan Freisinger, because we have people all around. They're not just going to be – joining, if you're Eastern Washington, a bunch of Seattle kids, you know, and you're the kid from Florida. You're like, what is this? It's a total culture shock. Idaho has a way of making more of a mesh pot of getting Californians, Utahs, Colorado, Florida, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, et cetera. Um, so do uh, you guys have any, any opinions on UConn being booted from the AAC and having 24 players enter the transfer portal?
2: It's smart for them, man, t- to focus on on basketball. That's that's one of the schools in which basketball can and should be their breadwinner. And going back to the Big East, where all of the really traditional rivalries exist for them, where the competitiveness exists for them, is going to be big. I mean, I mean, their women's basketball program is big for them, and and that's a revenue generator. Those programs make more money than football. Except for the one year they went to the Fiesta Bowl and got blown out by Oklahoma, like it—it's good for UConn. I mean, they might be close to cutting football, and nobody will miss it. I mean, and good for those players are getting out. Um, and 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 I'm really happy that Paul Petrino jumped on getting Mike Beaudry, and and I'm sure he might be looking at one or two of those other guys too.
3: C.J. Jordan. Jordan. Uh, number two in Hero Sports ranking for Big Sky recruits, so it's interesting. It's like I said, I would like to see him have a redshirt year. This is the perfect way to do it. You bring in a senior, even if he doesn't beat out Colton Richardson. We've so until Colton can prove the durability. It's nice to have a senior like that to lead, and then you just get CJ in in games where it's a blowout. Utilize that four game redshirt. Then you have him for four years. Um, I know Colton has another year. Then you have a legit competition of senior verse, redshirt senior verse, uh, redshirt freshman. I would love to see if we could put this guy on ice for a couple seasons and just really have him get the playbook because he is the key to getting this program turned around, in my opinion. Well, he's coming off a knee injury too. True. So it would it one hundred percent benefits him to ease back into it.
0: For our listeners, C J. Jordan coming off a knee injury.
3: Yeah. Uh, So
0: for me, one obviously great get for us. Um, regardless I th- regardless of whether you are confident in Colton right now, I am not super confident. There's reasons to be confident. I'm just not right now. Uh, but regardless of how you feel about Colton, I think this is a win for our program to at least see, to at least have a competition for our bridge year between what now and when C.J. Jorn plays, if C.J. Jorn is as good as advertised, which we have no reason to believe he's not, but we haven't seen him on the field yet. So obviously that's a big deal. That's a huge win for us. Um, I do think that this this, this is something that will relate to Idaho perspective. I expect UConn is going to be like UMass and New Mexico State. And they will find that FBS independence, unless you have a unique amount of money like Liberty and BYU or a unique brand like Army, FBS independence is purgatory. It is the bridge to nowhere. So if you are still an Idaho fan stepping on our future episode and you're wondering what our future in FBS Independence would look like, watch, keep watching UMass Be Awful and watch what happens with UConn. These FBS independent schools are way too far apart to be building a conference at this point. But if you still are holding on to the FBS Independence fantasy, these are the teams to gauge.
3: And that We are running too long. So we were going to cover Bo Baldwin, or Bo Baldwin, Bo Pelini, the former Nebraska head coach, has accepted a defensive coordinator job at Louisiana State University, the home of your 2019 national champions, Um, which is funny because other than Paul Petrino, many would argue about the most hated, but like, how much better could you do? kind of coach in the FCS right now where they wanted him out, but they're like, ah, do we really want him out kind of thing? Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. That's why we we're going to add it in the news dump. But Sean um, or Brian, since my phone is dead, if you guys want to run through a couple hashtag ask TATCs and we'll wrap this up. Uh, Yeah,
2: so the first one I think we got was uh, who has a better year in the big sky this year? Uh, Bo Baldwin at... Uh, at is it Cal Poly, yes. or is it uh, Ed McCaffrey? Uh,
3: Broncos great at Northern Colorado. By the way, thanks, Aaron Rath, for that question. I actually agree with Aaron on this one. I know that's kind of a hot take. Uh, his, uh, has, I mean, Brian and I covered just a few weeks ago uh, when I was comparing Ed McCaffrey to <laughs> Bobby Petrino. Uh, I don't think Ed McCaffrey's going to work out as a coach. Now, that being said, Bo Baldwin has so much to replace. He's taking a triple option team and trying to turn them up into an up-tempo spread. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen this year. It's, I know everyone's going to point at Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor was taking a spread offense and making it just a better spread offense. Unless Cal Poly, and we'll see National Signing Day could change a lot of this, land some big quarterback recruit. And like I said, I like Jalen Hamler. I'm not having him throw the ball 60 times a game. Uh, For that being the case, I could see Cal Poly winning like three, two games next year Um, and maybe Northern Colorado winning two to three. So I would say probably they tie, but I would say if anything, I'll give Ed McCaffrey the first year, but I bet every year after that, it's Bo Baldwin, no doubt.
2: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: I am going to say I think that Cal Poly will turn more of a corner this season than a lot of people think. I think Bo Baldwin's going to get some uh, some good recruits we see on national signing day, partially because Bo Baldwin's not only walking into a desirable school situation, he's putting together a a really good coaching staff, including like we talked about last week, Paul Wolf is going to be on that staff. Paul Wolf ha- was a good big sky coach so if if i had to put money on this i'd put money on bill baldwin and cal
3: poly good thing i don't think anybody would put money on this because it's really like a who knows honestly but those two teams that tied well it's two teams that tied for last place last year and keep
0: in mind unc has replaced probably the best quarterback in program history and they were still last place
2: last year they're and they're both pretty home run hires i mean in terms of i mean bo baldwin track record of success in the big sky and ed mccaffrey name recognition just in terms of a hall of fame career so in that sense yeah uh, all right what's the next one i, uh,
0: I have one question i gotta get to oh, real okay. quick. we won't be able to answer it exactly grizz fan pod you guys are officially on notice their ha- grizz fan pods hashtag ask recent public comments show at Chris P. Hammond, maybe a below average evaluator of QB talent, is too much Petrino exposure to blame. One, I, I think that's a fair final clause. But yes. <laughs> show us the transcripts, guys. Yeah. We I, have no idea what public comments that, from Chris Hammond you're talking about. I recorded all the episodes with him during football season, and I I don't remember any egregious quarterback comments except maybe after maybe people getting too excited after Mason's one good game against Eastern Washington otherwise I have no idea what you guys are talking about
3: shows the truth. we can't answer that question and maybe they're convinced that Cam Humphreys is good and they're upset that I said Cam Humphreys is terrible you said Cam Humphreys terrible I, I guess I didn't say he was terrible I just said like I think I said it was nice that we got a Bronco in there and we really kind of showed him the ropes in the Montana game. And then I said, then then the instant Dalton Sneed came in, I said, oh, bleep, we're screwed. So maybe they were thinking I don't hold Cam Humphreys in high enough regard that so he's only like a step back from, like a minor step back from Sneed, which I will defend that I think Dalton Sneed is leaps and bounds better than Cam Humphreys. But, yeah, otherwise I don't know what – I'm not sure. That one, that one took me by surprise. But uh, yeah, they can tweet at us. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, maybe I said something I forgot about. But I'm with you. I, I've said a lot of things. Something about quarterback talent. I think I've been unless they think Jalen Hamler saw. I, I have no idea. I, I can't. It's, I can't guess. Did you say
2: is. C.J. Jordan's winning the Walter Payton Award next year? Because that's I don't true.
3: Think, I don't think I've said that. Well, I just said I think we should redshirt him. So that can't be true either. But I do think C.J. Jordan's going to be really good. So we'll see how bad my quarterback evaluation skills are when you see C.J. Jordan in the semifinals or in Frisco with that silver and gold on. Then we'll talk about (laughs) my quarterback evaluation skills.
0: Can we pretend their question was, Chris, what is your take on Gress Jensen transferring from Texas State?
3: Oh, that's right. That was in the news we were supposed to cover. Man, I hope he goes to Montana State so bad. Um, Do you think he goes back to the big sky? I guess we're going right back into the news, but this fits because it's a great question. Um, Maybe that's it because I did say I thought Gresh Jensen was good and he didn't work out at Texas State. But I don't think most people would have argued that, including Grizz fans, Speaking of, he won Freshman Player of the Year as a Montana Grizzly. So I don't know how you could say he's not good. Like
2: plot twist, he's going back to Montana.
3: <laughs> so that would be like you said that, and I'm like, no, and I'm like, well, they are desperate <laughs> to make sure they win next year. That would be uh, that would be quite the turn, but I think they landed a quarterback prospect they're pretty stoked about. Um, but yeah, I Gresh Jensen stoked. I'd love to see him back in the big sky. He's not gonna make the Pac-12 or Mountain West if he couldn't make it at Texas State. Um, Idaho State, keep an eye out for them. Maybe Weber State. Weber State. Wazoo needs out. a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if is <laughs> going after a Texas State fail, but we'll see. Would, uh, Rokovic is this a different is, guy. We don't know what is going after anymore.
0: Question for both you guys. Would you rather have, for the sake of our season next year, both as Vandal fans and podcast creators, would you rather Gress Jensen went to Weber State or
2: Montana State?
3: As uh, a big sky fan. Mont Montana State, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I like I don't know if you
2: like, Creat- podcast Weber creation podcast defense is so good. Like if you give them an upgrade at quarterback, it seems pretty unbeatable, right? Yeah.
3: But that's what people would say about Montana State as well. And then you get the content creation of like all the trolling all year. Of Montana yeah, it comes state. from the state of Montana. Yeah, but then watch how it finally goes the opposite way, where all these years Montana's been favored in just about every brawl of the wild. The Cats have gone on their three or four game run, and this would be the year they're like, they have Gress Jensen. Like we don't know what Montana's going to look like at quarterback next year, but people expect a drop off from Sneed, but the rest of the team should be better. Um, and then this is the year where everyone's like, dude, the Cats are going to win. It's practically the same team on defense. They have a Fonse back. Now they have a quarterback. And it'll be the year that like the Grizz blow them out. <laughs> it will be – uh, it. it I, that's how I see so, the storyline so going Apple, out. I, I, would write, I would put a bet on it right now if Gresh goes to Montana State. And just the storylines that the Big Sky Podcast Network will be able to produce on all of the podcasts next year with that will be just so money.
0: Related to that – for gress jensen's sake i have more faith in the offense jeff choate could have at montana state than anything i've seen out of jay hill at weber
3: yeah gress jensen is a improvement on chris murray he's slower chris murray that can throw the ball a lot better than chris murray and we will all agree that montana state if they had chris murray the last two years would have been a way better football team than they were
2: Okay, this is what Chris FanPod was talking about. I think he's going to call you out again after listening to this.
3: Oh, Chris Murray? I mean, I'm not saying he was great. I'm just saying. No, I think Chris Jensen. All right, what's next?
2: The
0: Drunk Waitress asks, does anyone have audio clips of Bob Curtis? No one comes close to the voice of the Silver Fox.
3: I believe if you are interested in some audio clips, one, I believe you can actually look up like every called game on some I got it shared to me at one point. Um, I'll see if I can find it, but no, I have no idea where that's buried. I think it's on my U Idaho email, which I no longer have access to. Um, if 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 anybody is on campus, I'm, I'm fairly sure that the the University of Idaho
2: Library should have some clips as well.
3: Yeah, and more importantly, because who wants to go to a stuffy old library? Head yourself down to the Corner Club. You're gonna go find yourself a bartender named Bill Myers. Ask him if he can burn you a CD of the CD he plays in his car every day. And it's all classic calls of Bob Curtis. So if you're looking for some Bob Curtis, Billy Myers at the Corner Club has you covered. That's amazing. That's amazing. True Vandal legend right there. Both of them. (laughs) Bill Myers and Curtis. So that's our last hashtag Ask JTC, though, Chris
0: and Sean, before we go. I do want to thank Connor Lindstrom. He asked about BSU potentially leaving uh, the Mountain West and how that would affect Vandal Athletics. We already covered that. And Taylor Cash asked who the is, which, which is Boise State. He also wants to know about the second half of this recruiting class and how that seems to be rounding out. Um, and like we talked about earlier in this episode, Chris, we will be addressing recruitment next week.
3: We will. We will hopefully on National Signing Day have something to release about the uh, recruits. And hopefully, we're working on getting some guys, national people. But obviously, it's their super busy time of year. We're getting a
2: better recruiting class than Alabama. Calling yeah. it right now. Let's go, uh,
3: man. All right, maybe they're confusing me with you and. On- recruiting uh evaluations we do have a couple more hashtag hashtag ask the ATs. i charge my phone just for this at barstool idaho you idaho sorry he has three stories for us real quick guys we'll try to power through them um what are some things you would like to see in the new basketball arena brian a bar yes so absolutely, I think alcohol
0: should be available. Maybe that's the thing we can talk about at the very few schools that have uh, sold alcoholic games. and Because ha- I believe, did James Madison do that this last season? And it turned out to be a positive thing for James Madison. I would love that. Um, the big thing that I care about is I like that we're going into something smaller. The mm-hmm. see, We're going to have about... We're, our place is going to see ICCU will seat four thousand two hundred max capacity. That is, I think, the right size for what we're moving into. You know, if you watch the games on Pluto TV, Portland State probably has the best facility for basketball now with their new Viking Court. They only seat around three thousand. It gives them the chance to have an actual atmosphere. If we can start winning games, we have four thousand two hundred would mean the. Idaho Washington state game of three years ago of three seasons ago when Victor Sanders and BJ Blake were there, that would mean that game was a sellout. It would mean the Eastern Washington game we played that season later in the year was at 90% capacity. I think that just going into something smaller is the right thing. Also a real basketball, a real basketball arena because it's smaller will let the noise that's there sound like actual fan noise.
3: Well, you did state all things that will be in the new arena and said things you'd like to see, but I think you are just very happy that the arena is going to be done. Um, I agree with Sean. The fact that I went to the UW basketball game and found out that not only can you buy beer, you can buy liquor. I was like, what the heck is going on at Idaho that – I, I had no idea, and this is, there's on campus, I have no idea that that was a thing. Yeah, and You that, can buy
2: beer at, at the football games, too, it's just that they have a set area for the beer, Yeah, but it's in the football stadium, yeah. and you can see the game. But
3: at basketball, it was just, you went to like a concession stand, and they just had it. I was like, what the heck? Anyways, uh, other thing he wanted to know, what upgrades would you do to the Kibbe Dome? What's your pipe dream for the Kibby Dome? Sean, uh, we'll start with Pipe Dream. Well, Let's just go crazy. I think we all know the upgrades we'd like to see. Find a way to make it more intimate. Maybe find a way to, I don't know. I, there's something. I think Pipe Dream's where we're at right now. Otherwise, I right think now, I the Kimidome's like, pretty
2: fine. Because part of the basketball arena will be set locker rooms. Like, so the basketball teams and the volleyball team, I believe also the volleyball team, will all have their own locker Correct. room. So I think what we should do with the Kibi Dome is redesign the entire locker room setup because right now it's a lot of it is kind of shared and and especially the, the away locker room is just like walled off areas with chairs. Like it's so ratchet. I, I think now that now that basketball has their own space and offices and all of that, you can redesign the Kibi Dome to give football more of its
3: own space. Yeah. And honestly get rid of the racket court. Nobody build yeah, racket oh courts somewhere else. There's no reason to have know a lot of that racket was there the, for my third year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um seats behind the goalposts.
3: Yeah. I agree. My my pipe dream. Add the second tier. Uh absolute pipe. we're talking pipe dream here. I have a uh, I saw a uh God, it was on all vandals not too God, it actually probably was a while ago. And it reminds me Safeco, make the roof retractable. It was this thing. They, like, measured it, and they had a picture of how it would all look. You, the roof was how it is now. You slide it off. You have that second tier, everything like that. I agree. I would like to see a, a Hall of Fame center. At the uh, end zone where, like, uh, Jason Collins' numbers are right there, like that were in the original Kibbe Dome improvement drawings. And then I would like to see maybe some, like, more just regular seating in, like, right where the racquetball courts are. Put, like, a little bit of, like, 10 to 15-row seating right there. Um, I think that'd be great. Close off the end zones. Have the more uppity, kind of like the Seahawks have the touchdown lounge right there in the other end zone where it's, VIP boxes, add a couple more boxes, have a Hall of Fame, an event space that people can hang out at before games. Then you have that roof that's retractable, so it covers the ticket buying area, um, so it's like shady and everything in there, or like if blah, 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 stuff like that. But then the other option is the way it would go is the roof slides perfectly over just about the 50-yard line to the end zone and a little bit of the car parking of the, pra- the Sprint Turf practice field. So now you're giving that facility where if you ever needed like a present, you're doing something outside or the players are practicing outside. I don't know why you would when you have a dome, but you have this option now to have a roof that comes over that select area as well. So not only are you opening up the dome and having the ability to close it, but now you're adding this option to have a whole part of roof that you can move over the practice field um, for anything that you would need it for. If you just need to practice outside but want the shade or anything like that, I saw that rendering I'm like, that's freaking genius. Now you have the whole outside games in the summer when it's nice and you know early October and then end of October playoffs, you close it up and you have the dome. I saw that and I'm like, that's genius. I know it's super expensive, but we're talking pipe dreams here and that's my pipe dream.
0: I feel like maybe I'm too economical in my pipe dreams because while you were talking I was thinking maybe we can have some non-bleacher seats. Yeah, armrests.
3: You can always go to the Steckel Sky Center. <laughs> they have armrests, um, or not? Yeah, not. Oh my God, we talked too much Boise State on this. How about how about the how lighthouse? About, how about amazing, lighthouse. How about an, how about an, an Jude amazing,
2: Ford? an amazing press box? The press box right now is too small. There's not enough. the The food spread is just pizza. Feed the journalists real food. That's my pipe dream. <laughs>
3: Pipe dream is feed the journalist. Yeah, You know what? I think we'll all be honest. The real pipe dream. And this is not doubted about wins. by any Vandal fans. Wins. Football wins. Wins. A couple national title banners. And then we got to figure out a new trophy case to fit all those trophies like North Dakota State. That's the pipe dream. Uh, anyways, that's all we have for you today. Happy Chinese New Year, Sean. Glad we could get you on. Shining kwa la. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's so great to still be talking Vandals and FCS. We're kind of your off-season home for all things Big Sky and FCS at the moment. Uh, It's just us and Hero Sports putting out content. So uh, if you have an Eastern friend, a Montana friend, a Montana State friend, feel free to let them know that right now Tubbs at the Club is pumping out content all off-season, basketball, football, everything. Um, One last minute before we go. Sean, tell the people what you're up to and how they can find you. I
2: am a... Middle school English teacher in Taipei, Taiwan. You can find me at S. Kramer Writes on the Twitter machine.
3: And Brian, what's up in your life, and how can the people find you?
0: Find me at Brian Marceau on Twitter. That's M A R C E A U. Uh, you could probably follow me on Instagram at bmarceau86, but it's mostly just pictures of my cat, Goliath. Uh, Do it for uh, the gram. <laughs> yep. Otherwise. Keep listening, man. We're going to have content all, all the way through off-season, meaning until football starts again.
3: Yeah. Uh, we have a list of topics we're going to discuss when we need time to kill. So if you have something you think is a cool story or something you'd like Brian and I to talk about or Martin or Sean or whoever else we're able to get on, Colton Clark, um, Alex Boatman, shoot us a DM, shoot a tag us on Twitter, whatever. Um, if you have other ways to reach us, reach out. We'll add it to our list. We've got some list of topics, and I think they're going to be really fun to talk about. Much like we did today, talking about dear old Riverside Tech, the Bozo State Donkeys. It's time for the best band in all the world. Play us out. Go Vandals. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe.